way through or something, so we have a hard time finding Good evening. Hope you guys are doing great. Summertime is here. Amen. But God is good always. Amen. Hallelujah. He's so worthy of our praise. So let's just worship him tonight and just thank him for his goodness and his faithfulness. No matter what's going on in your life, he is good and he is faithful. Amen. and minds and healing brokenness I feel a generation breaking through despair I hear a generation full of faith declare and our song it will be out of the darkness we
Yes, God, you are. Let's give him praise. You are freedom to us, Lord. You are our hope, God. We put our hope in you. We thank you, God, for your love. It reaches beyond all that we can ever understand, God. Higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave.
Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love. separate us from your love. Or just receive your love tonight, God. Jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed. By glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are, and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so! Oh, how he loves us! How he loves us. 
It's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so.
the love of God. How marvelous and mighty is his love. Hallelujah. God says tonight he's calling. Some of you hear his calling. Some of you want to plug your ears. But God is calling. And some of you would say, well, he's not calling me because I'm just the person here and I don't have anything really that I need to do. And God says, I'm calling you. I'm calling every single one to begin to show Jesus to this world, to begin to show Jesus to your mate, to your family. I'm calling you. Do you hear me? I'm calling you. And I say, I've anointed you. I give you what you need to say. I give you what you need. You have more authority than you even know. You have so much that you just don't think you have any. But if you would just begin to listen to me, to hear me calling you, You would begin to hear things that you haven't heard. You'd begin to hear me say to do this and do that. Go here and go there. You see, this is where I'm bringing you as a body. This is where I'm bringing you. I want you to just so be full of the love of God that everywhere you go, it just squeezes out. It just squeezes. You don't have to turn it out. You don't have to squeeze yourself. You just go. And when you do, it just squeezes out of you. Because my love is so big. It is so big. You have no idea. You have no idea how big it is. But tonight, first of all, you have to hear my call. You can't respond if you don't hear it. So please, open your spirits. And listen to my call. Don't listen to what man is telling you, but listen to me. Because no matter who you are in the sound of my voice, you have something to do for me, says God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your love tonight. We thank you because we gather here in freedom and we're aware that those around the world are being persecuted because they gather in your name. So, Father, we give you that praise and that glory and we're so grateful for it. Father, right now, I just ask that you anoint these youth leaders, that you anoint them as they speak destiny into the hearts of these young people. Father, we realize that there are seeds being planted tonight in the youth groups, in the adult services that will change destinies, that will change environments and will change people's lives. Father, we are so grateful to be called children of God. We thank you and we love you and ask that you bless this service. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the youth can go. 
with their leaders. We dismiss you. And we can just take a few minutes and meet and greet tonight. How's everyone tonight? God is good. All the time. Awesome. I'm glad to see everybody here tonight. Um, Just a few really quick announcements. Back to School Bash is coming up in really, really short time. It's July 20th, and we need your help. If you're volunteering, that's fabulous. If you can sponsor, then we need your help. There's sponsor sheets sponsor forms out in the foyer on the table pick one up if you know somebody who might be interested in sponsoring some backpacks pick one up and give it to them and 
just a, a real quick, uh, July 21st, Michelle is going to have a quick meeting for anybody who wants to do like crafty kind of stuff and cooking and DIY projects and stuff like that. So if you like doing that kind of thing, you'll meet with her in the rock room, I guess, after service, July 21st. Um, this coming Sunday, we'll be doing a service at Providence Place at 2.15, so you guys are welcome to join in that. Next Wednesday, July 3rd, we will be having service, even though it's the day before the 4th, we will be having service, but there will be no parenting classes. So just because it's the day before the 4th doesn't mean you shouldn't come. We can still worship. It's Wednesday, next Wednesday, July 3rd. Okay. Okay. That's all I've got. Are you going to take an offering? You don't care. You know, these little formalities that go on, you just think they just happen. But when pastors are gone, we get a little confused about what we're doing. <laughs> Pastor Shelley asked me to prepare something for offering tonight, and... I really intended to do that, but things kind of got sideways in my world, so it's, I'm just going to pray over the offering tonight. So, Father, it's with a grateful heart, with a heart full of rejoicing, that we return just a small portion of what you've given us. With our offering, Jesus, we acknowledge you as king over all, and we thank you. We ask for your blessings tonight over these givers. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, I'll tell you that pastors are celebrating their 15th wedding anniversary. <clears throat> and so they ran away. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they'll be back here Sunday, though, so, so be sure and come. The parenting class has really <clears throat> taken our people. There must be a hundred back there. But we bless them, don't we? We'll call this mine. No, it, it's... 
get it. You noticed me clearing my throat, huh? You thought I needed it. Well, I'm excited about this message. And if nobody else gets it, I got it, and I love it. So I'm going to preach to me, and hopefully you'll hear this too. I'm going to talk about create your world. You know, when a prophet gets up here, they want to talk about things that are not just ordinary. And you just have to forgive us for that, okay? Because I'm going to talk about realms and atmospheres tonight. And I know you're going to get something. So I'm going to I'm going to actually start at the end of my sermon and give you just a little bit before I get into it. Psalm 16:11 says that you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is joy that fully satisfies. At your right hand there are pleasures that last forever. God sends blessings on us and our family, our our finances, our children, our marriage, our homes, our vehicles, our plans. And he has the blessings, you know. It's like, here here I am. I'm God right now, okay? Here are the blessings at his right hand. Okay, is that what it says? He has the blessings. and, And they're just there waiting. At his right hand are the pleasures. These are the goodies. These are the stuff that we spend all our money on. They're the nice things in this world God created to be beautiful and pleasurable. And they're sitting right there at his right hand. To experience the power of God and the blessings, we need his right hand. Is that right? It's the place of authority and power. The authority was given to Jesus, and then Jesus gave it to us. So we have that authority. We are in Christ. I want you to get this. We're part of his body. Now, if you're in Christ and you're seated with him, where is Christ? Oh, he's at the right hand of the Father. Is that where all the blessings are? Wow. At the right hand. Well, if Jesus is sitting at the right hand, you're sitting there with him. Pleasures forevermore that never come to an end. The fullness of his power is available to us. How many of you believe that? Well, just a few of you. I hope by the time I get through, you'll be dancing a jig and saying, yes, yes, yes. Everywhere, everyone, if they had the opportunity, would choose a life of blessings, wouldn't you? Okay. The all-important question is, why do people who believe that God is good, God gives power to create a blessed life, and yet they live below their potential? So I've observed there's three types of people. First, there's the one that that just succeeds in everything. They they live in a realm of favor and joy and pleasure, and success just seems to, it's just like a magnet. It comes to them. 
and their relationship and their career, their health and all their material possessions, they just, they have all they need. This thing in my throat's bothering me. On the other hand, you have the second category. And these people live in constant patterns of failure. They exist in disappointments, tragedies, broken dreams, and shattered hopes. Now there's the third group. And they um, live their lives somewhere between the first and the second. And this is what they think. God has a little bit of good and there's a little bit of bad for them. In other words, they live with a little bit of blessing and a little bit of cursing. Any of you feel like that? Some think that's the normal life. You get, you get blessed every now and then and the rest of the time you just survive. No, that's not right. <clears throat> so answer this question. If you became convinced that you actually possess the God-given authority to create a life of blessing and success, would you be willing to pay the price? Well, we've got one that will here, okay. You're going to have to change your old ways of thinking, speaking, and acting. And you have to learn the new ways that are required to live a blessed life. Well, that shouldn't be too hard, should it? I hope this sermon will convince you to try because I hope to give you the wisdom, insights, and counsel you need. You know, in the Word, in this Word, this works for all people. You don't have to be a Christian. You can take the principles of this Word and they'll work for you. Well, did you know the natural laws are the same way? Did you know gravity works for everybody and they don't have to be a Christian? So this works. You can create your world. I'm confident if you really believe that you had that power, you would fashion an environment of heaven on earth. Would you not? Surely you would. You would have a world full of love and joy and peace. But the truth is, You actually do have a God-given ability to create your life and you can greatly influence all that pertains to you. Are you getting this? Now, the first step of taking control of your world is understanding and accepting that for the most part, you have created your current state of life. How do you like that? <clears throat> Where you're at right now is because of your attitudes, because of your decisions, your choices. You have created where you're at. Therefore, you must believe me when I say you can create your world. Okay? Over the past 14 years through OAPN, some of you don't even know what that is, but it's a prayer ministry and we are a part of it here. I've personally contended through faith for breakthroughs in various regions. And, and I have seen God come in as a result. Even in this city, I've seen, I've seen so many changes. 
And it isn't just me. It's, it's like, it's like a, a group of prayer people. But, but God wants to come and just make his habitation. He wants to create your world. He wants you to understand you can do this. And I lost my place. You know, where you live isn't an accident. Did you know that? God has you here. And if you're just here for a short time, it doesn't matter. You're here because God has placed you here to bring a little piece of heaven to earth. So you've been set apart to release the kingdom of God here. And you don't need to wait for things to come into divine order so that you can do it. You can put them in divine order, okay? You can create order out of chaos. In Deuteronomy 8, the Lord was preparing his people to possess and occupy the promised land. And um, he said, you, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant. Now, the word power means man's strength and ability empowered by God. So God's given you power to create wealth. How many of you believe that? How many of you are creating wealth? You lie. I'm going to ask you again. How many of you are creating wealth? Now, I believe these second hands are probably more like it. <clears throat> You know what? We don't have a clue all that God has for us. We, we just don't even understand what he wants to do. And now, even though that scripture has to do with wealth, you can take it and apply every promise that God has. Every promise that he has in there, he has for us. Did you know that? He intends for us to find them and use them. And you can create things like favor instead of rejection. How many of you ever had rejection? And what do we do? We go off by ourselves. And we feel sorry for ourselves. And we don't want anybody to have anything to do with us. And we don't want to have anything to do with them because we've been rejected. And, and it feels bad, doesn't it? It feels bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you can create favor in rejection. You can create blessing instead of curse. You can create heaven on earth in your marriage and health and strength in your body. You know what? I have come to believe that we're a little bit lazy. There's so much in this word that would bring us everything we need. And we are actually, we're busy. We are really busy. Aren't we? We got to go here and go there and we got to get the groceries and we got to come home and cook meals and, and we've got to have company and we've got to do this and that and we got to do this and that and God just gets put on the back burner. Isn't that right? So, what are you creating? You can create his glory in the earth. You're on the very threshold of creating outrageous realms of God if you just would believe that I think tonight what I'm trying to get you to do is believe that this is possible 
Then I have some keys later on that you can use. But right now, if you don't believe it, it won't happen anyway. You know, in my prayer time today, God said, I said, you know, I want to see those miracles. I was reading about the man with the withered hand. And he said, well, you can if you only believe. Hmm. So um, I said, well, I think I believe. He said, um, do you ask the Holy Spirit before you pray for someone with a withered hand? I said, no, I just pray for him. I got all this information in me, you know. Anybody else have all that information? So, you know, they, they come up and they want prayer. And I'm just, okay, I'm, this is what we do for that. And, okay, this one's got this, so we'll do this one for this. And here's somebody else. They got something else, so we'll give them something. And we don't even stop and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do. And, you know, Jesus did. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um. The Holy Spirit wants to lead, guide, teach you. You know, there isn't a better teacher in the whole world. You couldn't put all the teachers in the whole world together, and they couldn't hold a candle to the Holy Spirit. The realms of influence define your world, and everyone has these worlds. Your world, now I'm going to tell you, you have a different world. Angel, you have a different world than Christy or Linda or anyone else. Do, do all of you understand you have, you live in a world and, and it's yours. And there isn't anybody else lives in that particular world. Did you know that? That's your realm. You got it? That's your realm. And a realm is a territory over which you rule. And you should rule your life. Okay? Now, I'm going to just give you a little explanation of realm. Like, in, in this congregation, uh, if in praise and worship, we activate angels, and they create a realm of God that causes supernatural encounters. Or we have a realm of success that um, Margie brings. We have the realm of God's tangible glory that's just sitting here in in this room waiting for us. Do you understand what I'm saying about realm? The neurologist was an expert in the realm of brain surgery, and you sure want him to be that, too. You don't want him in a realm of something else if he's going to do brain surgery. Mike Leonard, I don't know who Mike Leonard was, but this, this material I had said he was an icon in the realm of football, college football. And in the realm of history, what do we see? We see a consistent pattern over and over and over of pride bringing ruin. The arguments in the meeting created a realm of turmoil. Have you ever been in one of those meetings? You, your realms are everything you influence, rule over, and give shape to. For example, your house is a part of your realm, okay? You have stewardship, or in other words, you have authority over it because it's in your domain, okay? Other common realms of influence are your workplace, church, 
relationships, family, finances. You have God-given authority to rule in your realm. Now, don't be trying to rule in somebody else's realm. That will get you into trouble. So if I come over here and I'm going to begin to tell Angela just what she needs to do, you know, this week you need to devote this to me and you need to, to do these things. You need to do this Monday, this Tuesday, this. Well, you know, I don't have any right to tell her. She gets to rule her realm. Have you got that? Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you something. Jesus invaded both realms. He lived in two realms at the same time. In John chapter 3... He's explaining the kingdom to Nicodemus, and he said, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. I need 13 up there, too. Okay. In this statement, Jesus explained that he lived... In both realms. Even though he's physically on earth, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he's in the natural earthly realm, but he makes that mysterious statement that the Son of Man who is in heaven, and yet he's standing right there in front of Nicodemus. He was in heaven and on earth at the same time. Now, I know you think I must be, some of you think I must be just uh, lost it. No, I didn't. Jesus existed in the realm of time, And the realm of eternity. Have you been given eternal life? And yet you live here as a human being on earth. Right? Okay. When Jesus healed the sick, he actually released health from the heavenly realm into this corrupted earthly realm. He created life-giving health right in the middle of sickness and disease. And all the miracles he performed were because he released the heavenly realm down here. You know that our prayer, <clears throat> the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? On earth just like it is in heaven. Hmm. So the realms of time and eternity. Now, I want you to see time. Time is a created thing. God created time in Genesis 1 when he made day and night. He created time, okay? Time is a realm that lies within eternity. Okay, eternity is hard to envision, It is just hard. But I want you to think of it as a massive expanse. No floor. No ceiling. No walls. And it just goes on and on forever. And it always was. And it always will be. And here is time. Here is time. This Just this big. It sets in eternity. And what do we worry about all the time? 
We don't worry about eternity, do we? We don't even think much about it. We're just all wrapped up in this little bitty capsule of time that's floating around in this huge expanse of eternity. Wow. Both eternity and time are two different realms. The eternal realm hosts God's holy heaven and his kingdom, and the realm of time hosts the earth's natural dimension. When you were born again, you received eternal life within your spirit, but your body didn't go anywhere, did it? When you got saved, did your body change at all? No. So you received eternal life, and yet you live as a human being here on earth, right? You are both natural and spiritual. Paul talks about these two realms in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, That means they're in time. But the things which are not seen are eternal. The word temporal is subject to time. Eternal is the unseen spiritual realm. And like Jesus, I'm going to tell you this, I want you to hear it. You can access both realms. Now, how many of you believe that? One, two, three, four, five. You know, whatever Jesus did, he did in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he said, whatever I do, you can do too. Remember that? So you can create eternal substance and qualities in the earthly realm in which you live. Jesus taught that he only did what he saw the Father do. And he said, our Father who lives in heaven. Well, he didn't say lives, did he? But he does live in heaven, doesn't he? And since his Father lived in heaven, then Jesus had access to the heavenly realm while functioning here. And some of you are thinking, well, he was Jesus. He can do whatever. No, he can't. No, he can't. He has to do it under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He just, he can't. So, <clears throat> so I'm telling you, you have the power to create things in your world. Remember, your world is just yours, and nobody else can have any part of it. Many believers think of the heavenly realm as like it's a far-off galaxy. I'm telling you, it's one thought away. You cannot measure the closeness of the unseen realm by concepts that we use for distance in this earth because it's spiritual. Hebrews 10:19 I want to, I want you to know you can do this only by the blood of Jesus. So Hebrews 10:19 says, therefore brethren since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Okay? And Ephesians 1.20 says, He raised him from the dead and seated him where? At his right hand in the heavenly places. And then um, 
Ephesians 2, 6 says, And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay. Here we are right down here in Living Word Fellowship, Woodward, Oklahoma. And we can access heaven any time we want to. Do you understand that? You can go to heaven, bring what you need, and and create your world. You see, we are, we're just, we don't want to work at it that hard. Do you understand that? We, we, we just want God to hand it to us. Well, just hand it to us, God, and he's not going to do that. We're currently seated in heavenly places in Christ at the right hand of the Father. You know, in a vision, I, I went... I went to heaven. I don't know where it was exactly, but I went there. And, um, well, actually, before we got to heaven, we were right outside of heaven, and um, there, were, there were just people everywhere, and they were bringing chairs, and they were setting up the chairs, and the chairs went, you know, there was about five or more rows. And, and they went up. They were all the way around this huge room, and yet um, they, there was, what do you call that? There was, okay, Colosseum. Well, I don't know what you'd call it, but anyway, there's several. Like there's a chair, a ring there, and then a ring there, and it just kept going on up, okay? And um, I, I was looking around. I was seeing some people that I knew, and... Um, I, I thought, what, you know, what is going on? And I would usually ask the Holy Spirit, you know, where are you at? Where, where, where are we at? And um, about that time, Jesus walked in. And he came to the center of the room. <clears throat> and he said, Now you are seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, dominion. And as you look down from here and see what's going on, you will understand the power that you have to take care of what you're dealing with on this earth. Well, there was a little more to it than that. But anyway, that was, that just, that's been several years ago. It's just stuck with me. And it, uh, and every time I hear heavenly places, I go back to that, and I think how beautiful it is. We think, well, that's just hard to understand. How could I, how could I be seated with Him? And it's like, it's like, um, it's kind of like a glove. We just, we just become one with Him. And so, as He's sitting on the right hand, we're sitting on the right hand, and we already found out that's where all the blessings are. Okay, so it's because we're in Christ. That's the only reason that you can operate in both realms. John fourteen twelve says, Jesus said, we who believe in him would do the same works he did. And he stated that as the Father sent in him into the world, he's sent us. Jesus, remember, he only did the things he saw the Father do. So you have full access to your Father. You can cause the glory of heaven to invade the realms of influence. 
that you have. Create heaven on earth. You know, we come here and we talk about bringing heaven to earth, but we don't do anything about it. Let's begin to do something about it. What do you say? Now, I want to tell you just a little bit about atmospheres. Atmospheres are the feeling or uh, the mood. So, uh, like an atmosphere is the tone. I'll use Angela again. So, what's the tone of your life? Linda, what's the tone of your life? What's the tone of your life? How does your life feel? You can feel atmospheres. You might walk into a church meeting and you say, Woo, God is here. Or you might feel the uh, anticipation. Or you might walk into a church and, and feel skepticism and unbelief. And sometimes you'll walk into a home and it's just full of strife and contention. Now I want you to know something. You have the power to change your atmosphere. I remember that sheet saying he went up, he was going to fly. I don't know what airport he was at, but he looked and there was just lines everywhere. And he had like five minutes to catch his plane. And God said, change your atmosphere. Um, you know, he said, um, how would I do that? And he said, see, see this other desk over here. And there was a desk there, but there wasn't anybody there. And God said, go over there. So he walked over there to this other desk. And lo and behold, here comes someone. Waits on him right then, gives him a ticket, and sends him to the plane. And all these other people are still waiting over here. You see, you have the authority... You know, if you come in here and you feel strife and contention, then you just begin to release the Spirit of God. You just begin to release joy and happiness to begin to permeate this place. It's not hard to do. But you know what we do? Well, I'm just going to go over here and I can't believe that, that this place feels like this. I think I'll just sit over here. Is that right? We don't want to do anything about it, but we're going to have to do something about it. You have the power to change your atmosphere. Don't live in a house full of strife. Don't do it. Change the atmosphere. And, you know, when you first start doing that, you'll feel silly, and probably so will everybody else if they hear you. But, you know, they don't have to hear you doing that. And, Margie, that's something you really need, you know, because I know you come for prayer a lot. You know, change your atmosphere. You can do that. And be happy. Be happy. Okay. You have the power to turn your atmosphere to love and honor, to do an atmospheric shift. We're so much more anointed than we know. You can begin to create your world. There are some keys, and there are like 12 keys that go with this. And I'm not trying to give you 12 keys, and I, I know you'd all be walking out the door if you thought I was. But <clears throat> what I want to do is get you to think about, just think about, I can change 
You know, it's, it's like changing you is what it's really doing. It's changing the way you're looking at things. It's changing the way you, uh, the way you see yourself and the way you see others. But some keys are knowing who you are. You know, first of all, if you don't know you have that ability, that authority, you're not going to use it. And, you know, your belief system has a lot to do with what you say and what you will do. Praise and worship, sowing and reaping, using God's word, those are all things you can do. But first of all, you have to believe that you can change where you're at right now. You can change what's going on right now. And maybe I'll give you those keys in another sermon. But right now, what I want to do is I want to pronounce a blessing. You can find this in the Bible. And every day, if you just speak this, now I don't mean go around and find these people, but I mean speak it over yourself and, and include your, your family, your children, your home, your vehicle, your, your plans for the day. Now, don't take this blessing lightly. This is God's word to each of you. And, and this blessing is old. This blessing comes from Moses. So I want you to stand right now. <clears throat> this is not a one-time thing. This is a from now on thing. Okay? You see, this is the first step. You begin to bless what you have. In order for God to give you more, you've got to bless what you have, okay? So I'm going to say this over you. I want you to just close your eyes. This will break the cycle of misfortune, stalking some of you, and bring us into a time of increase and in goodness. You know, God may immediately do something. He may do it later. But he will continuously work to bring major help to you. So the scriptures numbers six twenty three to twenty seven. God gave this to Moses, and he said, "Give this to Aaron to pray over the Israelites." The Israelites had the Old Testament; they had an old covenant. We have the new covenant, which is even better. So here goes the blessing: Say to them, "The Lord bless you." And watch, no, don't say it, just listen. The Lord bless you and watch, guard, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, giving favor to you. The Lord lift up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace tranquility of heart and life continually and they shall put my name upon the Israelites and living word fellowship people and I will bless them so I I, I give that blessing to you and I say Begin to bless and don't curse and just watch what God will do. Now, if you want prayed for tonight to begin to change the world you live in, I'm here to agree with you.
um, you can come if you um, if you want to be dismissed you can be dismissed let me just pray this over you father I just thank you for these people I pray that they begin to get the vision that they can create their world they can be changed God into into the blessing that you have at your right hand God our 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 favors blessings because Jesus you're at the right hand and everything is in Jesus so Lord I just thank you for these people I thank you for the word and I ask you to go with them as they're going home and help them to remember number six to bless bless whatever they have and you will bring them more in Jesus name hallelujah